Welcome to the DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and joining with me today is my wonderful, my loyal compatriot in all things nerd culture, uh, my D&D uh, murder hobo, Mr. Kevin Bobbins. I try, Kevin. thank you. <laughs> you try. <laughs> and then tonight we have a special guest. Um, I get to have another one of those wonderful people on the show who do all the things magical and cinematography. Uh, I get to have the wonderful, the impeccable, the amazing, the ingenuitive, Mr. Kahim Sturgis. Kahim, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Thank um, you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I want, there's so many things I want to talk about with you tonight because you have an amazing background. Uh, it's not often I get somebody on the show who shares something similar with me. Uh, you have a Navy background. I and it, it, I think, actually, I want to say, I think you're actually the first, he, you might be the first sailor I've had on board on the show. Yeah. I've had a Marine. Yeah, so like this is like an achievement unlocked and everything. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so let's kind of go into that. But let's go into your background here a little bit because we, we did bring you on here to talk about you know, Lightridge Studios and this this amazing company that you've gotten into. But, you know, we want to know who you are as a person. Uh, so, sir, without further ado, you know, uh, you are originally, you were born in New Jersey. So you're a New Englander like my, uh, well, like Kevin. I, I'm Navy Brett or Air Force Brett, so I'm all over. So I don't count. Um, and your family moved to Pensacola, Florida. Uh oh. How long did you live in New Jersey before you moved to Florida? Uh, five years, man. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> so five. So um, you, you really don't remember it too much, then, probably. Well, not growing, not growing up, but it's it's weird actually because when I was born in Jersey, I stayed until I was five. But my mom moved to Pensacola, Florida, to, and I stayed with my grandmother until I was in middle school. And really? um, well, my mom, my grandmother, my mom's side of the family. I stayed there till middle school, and then I moved back to New Jersey, where I was born, and I I stayed there from middle school until I graduated high school, and then I went to the military. So kind of like ping pong, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it was, no. it was interesting. Now, yeah. do you consider yourself a Jersey boy, or are you a uh, what are they called, Floridians? I kind of I'm kind of both actually, um, because I <laughs> I moved I moved so like I moved back and forth. And my mom's uh, side of the family is in Florida. And my yeah. father's side is in New Jersey. And I visit them often. So I'm kind of like a blend between both. Because uh, when, I, when, I when I go home, well, Florida, and I talk, people say I still sound like I'm from New Jersey. But when <laughs> I go to New Jersey, people say I sound country sometimes. So it's like some of the stuff I say sounds a little country. But uh, it's, it's where I had that, that that weird thing going on. So to answer your question, I'm kind of like in the middle. Like, all right. Well, here, here's going to be the deciding factor. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. This this is going to be the question that ends all your 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 queries about what you are here: New England Patriots or Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Patriots. You're being man. Patriots. All right. 
All right. You, so you're man. you're a New Englander. You're a New Englander. <laughs> it's end all. That's that's it. That's that's the deciding factor, okay. man. You're like okay, there we go. <laughs> so, to just to set Steve straight, New Jersey's yeah. not even technically in New England. This is true, Mr. but like wherever you're, you're really going to go with the Giants. Steve? And I would think he'd be Giants or Jets, if anything. No, nobody wants the Patriots. No, what Giants, Jets? No, come on. He's better than that. (laughs) Better than that. Welcome to the Nerd Podcast, where we talk sports all day. (laughs) Um, But you did join the military, which is, uh, you know, we kind of talked just very briefly about that. But you were in the United States Navy. First off, thank you for your service, sir. Uh, Thank you for everything you did for this country. Second, like, you as well, man. Hey, you as well. I say that. Uh, so you, what what did you do in the Navy? Out of curiosity, I was an ordnance man, aviation okay. ordnance. So I, I kind of helped build the uh, the weapons and the bombs and stuff like that. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I did that type of stuff. And <laughs> your face, is, the face I get often, both of y'all, y'all face is like. You know, when you say bomb, <laughs> I built the weapons, man. I, I did the weapons. I was in, um, I did some security stuff. Okay. You know, uh, so I worked with a lot with the, the bombs and, and ammunition and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. How many years did you do, if you don't mind me asking? I did I did four. You did your four? All right. Yeah, I did my four and I, I got out of there, man, because I, I wanted to go to school. Where were you stationed out of? I was in Norfolk, Virginia. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. what ship? So I was, uh, East Coast. I was on the CVN seventy five, the U.S. Truman, USS oh. Truman. Harry S. Yeah. Truman. All right. I, I. Here's the thing. When were you in? This might be. This might be a special moment. So two thousand five to two thousand nine. We served together and we worked together. I was on board the USS Monterey CG sixty one, and we okay. actually worked with the Harry S. Like so. We actually okay. worked together and we didn't even know it. Like, I mean, granted, there's like what five thousand people on your ship. Yeah. And yeah, there's that's amazing, man. 350 people on mine tops. So like oh, I'm you was a small boy, yeah. Small boy, yes. Small yeah, okay. boy, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. so nice. we served together. We actually probably did some training together. That's absolutely yeah. insane. That is now, insane. <laughs> so you got out. Mm-hmm. You did your four. You got out. You used the GI Bill, I'm assuming. Yeah, right. Good for I you, mean. man. Smart, smart man. And, yeah. you know, you decided to go into, uh, what, cinematography or? Well, media arts and animation. Okay. Media arts and animation. Uh, I wanted to study film and animation. Uh-huh. And I was going to go to Full Sail University, but I couldn't find the degree that, that I could put both in. Mm-hmm. film and animation so i went to the art institute of houston uh, to so i could get both skills and i could kind of work on them myself you know and build them up and i needed that foundation mm-hmm. that's kind of how I, how I ended up you know picking that school and it's it weird because my mom she was in jersey at the time while i was in the military and i was going to go to florida like i said full cell university but my mom moved to Texas and it just so happened that I was getting out, I was transitioning and the school that I wanted to go to that I got accepted in was in Houston, Texas, the same place my mom was in. So that was kind of like a sign for me to, to make that transition. So yeah, I was, I was like, man, 
what should I do? And that kind of gave me my, my way to go. Now, was there a specific moment in your childhood that made you want to do drawing or is it just something like that was your like stress reliever? No, nah, man, I saw Aladdin. <laughs> I saw Aladdin, bro. And when I saw that movie, it was just so magical. You know, Disney have a, a funny way of doing that. So you see Disney films is just like so magical, bro. I was just like, man, I was, it was just, you know, eye catching. It was, it was amazing. And I was just like, I fell in love with that, that thing. Like whatever animation was for me at that time, I just fell in love with it. So when I was drawing, I was drawing all Disney characters. You know, I, you know, the kids do. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and uh, Simba from Lion King. And it was just it was something that always stuck with me. Something that I always fed off of. And it became a stress believer when I was in middle school, you know, and it was just always there. That's awesome. Uh, and so, and then you went to college for animation in uh uh, texas uh houston correct yes correct and fun fact this is absolutely true i don't know if you knew this kevin but houston the city of houston is actually bigger than our state of connecticut did you know i did not know that but i believe it (laughs) yeah it's huge it's absolutely ridiculously big uh which is insane to think um but you you decided to stay out there and mm-hmm. this is where your studios is. Light Rich Studios is out in Houston. Um, right. How much of a transition, you know, how much of a transition was that from like New England to Florida to Houston? Mm-hmm. Like you were picking yeah. like all the different demographic areas of like, just like living style. You're going from like super cold to super muggy to Texas. Yeah, super hot. It's own country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I thought it was um I thought it was like the movies, you know, like you see the cows and the horses everywhere, yeah. you know. And I thought it was, I thought it was like that, so I was a, a, a little hesitant to come. But once I got here, and I was like, man, it, it kind of had a Virginia vibe to it, you know, which okay. is where I was thinking. I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was. It's not as country as I thought it was. It's kind of like a melting pot. Then I started experiencing the people. They had a, they got a good art scene here. You know, so I kind of like, it took me a while, but I started to blend in, you know, I, and it's, it's home now, you know? And so, and this is where you decided, this is the roots. This is where Light Ridge Studios is going to yeah. bloom. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about Light Ridge Studios, because I could, I could sit here and I could tell the listeners exactly who you are, but I'd feel like I wouldn't be doing it justice. This is your baby. Uh, explain right. to us how this came to be and you know what it is well lyra studios is um a film and animation company man it's it's just what i want i guess my legacy to be you know i, I want to create awesome stories and i don't want to stick to a medium you know you sometimes you'll find people who only want to do film or only want to do animation i kind of want to be able to tell any type of story i want and tell it any way I want and not be kind of restricted to just one type of, you know, thing. And library studios is just what's that's what that's going to be. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. I, I was in a partnership with, you know, a friend of mine and that kind of, you know, fell to the wayside and then I'm stuck trying to figure out, okay, what I'm gonna do now? Like what, what I'm gonna do, man. 
you know, I was writing some stuff and drawing some stuff and then Lightwork Studios came to me. And that's kind of where I've been going for the last five years, man. Just going hard on that. And, you know, it's just a place where I'm gonna tell my, my stories the way I want to tell them. And, you know, hopefully people enjoy them and I could be authentic. You know, I don't have to kind of curb my, my creativity. I could just let it run, run wild and, you know, be excited about it, you know? How did you come up with the name? <laughs> I was just <laughs> writing random names down <laughs> on a piece of paper. I wrote like 50 names because after I made that transition with my, my partner, I was like, I don't want to keep the same thing. I just write a whole bunch of names down. And then, you know, I'm married. So I was like, <laughs> I was talking to my wife, like, I don't know which name to pick. She's like, just keep going, keep going. And Lightroom Studio, Studios was like towards the end. And I took like 10 names and put them in a hat. So mm -hmm. random. I put them in a hat <laughs> and I started pulling. And I pulled five out and then I took two out and then I took one out and it was Lightroom Studios. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> that's <laughs> you legitimately just randomly picked words and goes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, I, well, I picked words that meant something to me, you know, okay. like, you know, these words, because I want, I want to be a positive influence, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. So uh, Light Rich Studios is kind of like, want to be light and richness to the world, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Want to give that out to the world, positive energy, you know, and uh, I want people to feed off of that, you know, and, you know, Light Rich Studios was, like I said, that one that came out the hat, and that's, that's what it was. Now, I, I know you said this is a way to express yourself and to, to do things that make you happy. Um, mm -hmm. But what is your filtering process for what projects you want to do? Like, how do you decide what projects you want to produce? Well, I feel like the best stories have, you know, whatever connects people the most. You know, like I talk about my first film, Mr. Franklin. Mr. Franklin is about human trafficking, you know, and what this guy is willing to do to rescue these women from sex traffickers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stories like that, I feel need to be told, you know, so human trafficking, you know, I'm working on the story now that's going to be next up. It's about immigration, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm, I want to put my own spin to it. Like Mr. Franklin has a unique power. Like I told you, I'm into Marvel, you know, we yes. talked about that. I'm into Marvel, man. So, um, Mr. Franklin has a power. He uses that to rescue these women from sex traffickers. So, mm. you know, I try to do stories that mean something. It's not just, you know, fluff that has an impact, that has meaning behind it, but also has an entertainment value, you know? Mm. So um, whatever story I feel that can add value, open perspectives, you know, open outlooks, you know, start conversations. That's the story that I'm going to tell. You know, I have um, some books out. You know, one of my books is a kid's book. You know, it's about bullying. You know what I'm saying? So and bullying is something that I went through as a child. So stuff that means something, you know, that, that has some type of relevance, some type of impact, you know, I think will make a good story. That's what we're going for. That's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, how do you end up balancing the creative vision that you have for something and 
while also taking in the financial constraints. Excuse me, financial constraints. Uh, what? Oh my God, I cannot speak tonight. Financial constraints. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's a good question, man. Uh, so Mr. Franklin, I did totally out of pocket. It's all grit, all grind, all passion. Mm. Um, so it was just, do I really want to tell this story? And if, if it's important enough, I'm gonna make it happen and I'm mm. gonna do whatever I can to get this story told. Like I've, I did, I directed it, I wrote it, I shot it. You know, I did the editing. The mostly, the only, the only thing was a cast. You know, my wife helped out with the audio, things like that. I had a second shooter who did it strictly because he felt the impact of the story. He liked the story so much. It's like, man, I want to learn how to shoot. I want to learn, I want to work with you. And that's kind of how that happened, man. So it was relatively low cost, but I feel like you put so much effort into it and got it done. A lot of people who have seen it said, you know, I can't even tell that this is like one of your first films. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, I think, the story aspect of it, and I, I keep going back to that, but that's really the root of it. Like if the story is strong enough, everybody's going to get involved and they're going to want to see it to completion. And as long as you're putting that effort in and you're showing that you're serious about doing whatever it is you're doing, you know, people will gravitate towards that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They want to be a part of that because they see the passion, they see the hard work and they know that you're serious, you know? So, um, that's really what I contributed to this project. It's just all grit, all passion. And I was organized, man. Like, like I said, if you ever shot a film or if you ever been around that, it's a lot of work, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it really is. It's a lot of work. So it's like, you want to make sure that you have your ducks in a row and you don't have room to mess up because most of these people donated their free time. They donated their resources to help me get this thing done. So I'm looking to take that into any project that I'm doing, no matter if I have a big budget or not, it's all about if I'm passionate or if I'm serious or if I'm willing to go the extra mile to get the shit done. You know what I mean? I don't know if I could curse on it, but. <laughs> it's okay. So you're, you're fine. We'll put it, you know, explicative in that thing. Uh, you're fine. Uh, but out of curiosity, because I never get to ask people this question. Do okay. you think your military background, your your military training helped you with your discipline or just the taking charge and establishing how you wanted things done? Huh. Was it yeah, beneficial? I, I, yeah, I think so. Or was so. it natural? Was it natural? I think so, man. Um, it's kind of hard to tell because I think because I was in sports so heavy, mm -hmm. that kind of added to discipline. So when mm. I went into the military, it was a culture shock, but I, it, it helped ingrain a, a, a deeper level of discipline, if that makes sense. So I had yeah, some no, discipline absolutely. and the military just took it deeper and it just made me a little bit more um, sharper, I guess. You know, what, I, or like stress management, you know, you, yeah, you deal yeah, with so many yeah, things right. in the military where, you know, you get out and you're going, oh, I can handle this. It's <laughs> not nearly as bad as, you know. Yeah. other well, stuff know, that you, we deal with yeah. exactly yes yeah, yeah. but it's you know it's never a question i get to ask other people because you know it's, it's this industry that we, we are in the 
there's not a lot like there are military personnel but there are not as many as -hmm. you would think there would be and so when it's it's always interesting to see another you know brother in arm and see what you've taken from your career and established with your life it's it's fun um exactly i'm also curious uh what are some of the biggest challenges you faced with with filming mr franklin uh you know what how did you overcome these things too i think people are always going to be a big challenge because Mm. they're different opinions Mm. you know um you're worried about you know people's schedules like i said mr franklin was financed on low budget so i really couldn't pay the cast and i'm I'm being honest i'm being transparent right no you're fine i couldn't pay the people to actually act and deliver so I had to work around their schedules. You know, some people worked on this day, some people didn't, like, and it was just hit and miss. So I, it took us through the pandemic. So the pandemic started what, 2020? Yeah, 2020, late 2019, yeah, 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 early 20. Yeah. So from that time until it was damn near over and they opened back up, we shot Mr. Franklin for like a year. And we only had 11 shooting days. But it took us a year to shoot it, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it was stressful because I'm like, man, I hope people don't think because I had to keep canceling shoot days, you know. Um, and I just was I was so nervous about getting it done because I felt like people would leave. And I did have some cast members leave before we started shooting. It was like, well, I can't be a part of the project no more because I'm moving to Atlanta. You know, so I'm like, bro, you moving to Atlanta? I'm about to start shooting. He's like, well, I can't be a part of it. So I had to find somebody else. Location shot uh, sh- shut down because some of the places that we were supposed to be shooting at had to close because of coronavirus. So I had to find somebody somewhere else to shoot. And it was just all of the stuff that you can't plan for and the stuff that you think won't go wrong, it went wrong. And it took us an extra amount of time to shoot it because of those things, those outside forces. And that's really what, what it is, man. I, I, I had the script down. I was doing most of the stuff myself. So that part wasn't as stressful as the outside forces and trying to get it done when dealing with other people's schedules and things like that, man. And it was just like one of those things, like you got to be patient and you got to work through it and you got to let people know that you're still available like or can't talk yeah we're all good (laughs) you're not you're not available you know and things like that so yeah man it's just the the murphy's law you know whatever can go wrong will go wrong (laughs) well it's it's it sounds like it i mean you 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 definitely are you are the ndc absolutely bar none this is the 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 whether you want to call it the dream or the nightmare of the indie film producer, director, creator, writer, you are living both sides of that. And like, how is that overwhelming or, you know, extremely stressful trying to do all these things? You have a dream, you have an idea that you want to establish, but you have all the constraints that anybody could possibly have in the world. Yeah. Well, you put it like that, man. I'm, I'm kind of nervous about it now. No, <laughs> no, no, please don't. I, I, no, no, I'm excited no. for you. <laughs> no, man, did, it, did this being a passion project make it easier or harder to, to stick with everything and 
try to work as hard as you can for it. Cause I feel like it'd be unusual for someone new to start with a passion project versus just trying to get their name out with something maybe a little more basic, but you took the, you took a really difficult subject and it, it, it seems like a, like a, a reach to really jump and go for something this serious for a, for a first film. Man, Kevin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he came out with a deep one. Good for you, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, but um, that's a good point, man. It, it was rough, and I I was nervous going back to the casting call. I was nervous about the casting call because I'm like, man, I got this hour-so-long film, and I'm really trying to shoot for the stars, but I felt, to go back to your question, I felt the passion would kind of get me more than halfway through. Like, I, I know I got the talent, I know I can do it, but if I could stay in it and I could stay motivated, and if I could help motivate everybody that's in the crew, I felt like we could get it done. And like I said, that pandemic kind of made me want to quit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to, it did, but once I go back to the story and I, I know what I'm, the story I'm trying to tell, it kind of brought me back around like, okay, you're almost there. You're halfway there, you know, and it, like it kept coming back. Like, man, I, I got to get it done. I said I was going to do it at the beginning. And I made these people believe that I said that we was going to make this film. You got to you got to stick to your word. You got to you got to shoot the damn movie, <laughs> you know, but no matter how it turned out, no matter what people say about it, no matter the, the critiques or the, the bloopers or the blunders or none of that stuff matters. You said that you was gonna shoot this film. You gotta, you gotta shoot it. So, that, the passion part was a, a big, a big part. But the other side of it is, I wanted to get it done because I said I was gonna make this movie. I said I was gonna make Mr. Franklin, and that, that's that's what it is, man. You can't can't go back, <laughs> you know, because nobody. I felt like if I didn't do it, it would be hard to find help to get the second one done whatever project i was going to do because i said i was going to get this movie done and i didn't get it done so it'd be hard for anybody to trust that i could get the next one done you know what i'm saying yep. it's like and I, I don't i didn't need that stress like because i know i'm in this for the long haul i know i'm trying to build something so i don't need that on my first on my first way out my first time out i hit that Oh well, you know we can't we can't shoot it because this and this, or we can't get it done because this person went to Atlanta. You know, like hell no, we gotta find somebody else. We gotta find another location. We gotta you gotta shoot it yourself. You know, you gonna have to hold the mic. You know, you gonna like we just gotta do it. You gotta do what you gotta do. And get get it done. Yeah, man. Do you take a lot of pride? I mean, I don't even want to say do you take a lot of pride. Like, how proud are you of this project that you have created? Oh man, I'm super proud. <laughs> I'm super. I'm, and not so much of myself, of the, the people that was a part of it and helped me get it done. You know, because you can't shoot a movie without at the actors. And the fact that they stayed around, like Mr. Frank, like the guy Marcus that played Mr. Franklin, he was just so um, available, man. He was just so willing to be a part of it. And the fact that he was a main character, and again, I didn't pay this dude. Like I didn't, like I gave him some money here and there, you know, but not nearly as much as somebody would be like, like need if they was to 
block out their whole year to shoot a film. You know what I'm saying? It was just, and the, the, the fact that he was just so willing to be a part I was like, yo, I, I still got my main character, bro. I can work around anybody else. Like, he was still here. You know, we could get it done. And that the pride is the fact that we said that we was going to get it done. We all stuck together. And we, we saw it all the way through, man. And I'm not – I'm proud of myself, but I'm more proud of, I guess, the finished product. If that makes sense, like it's no, it's absolutely, like movie, man. <laughs> and I can see no. that in one of your uh, your videos. It was a uh, trailer reveal, okay. and watching the cast watch the trailer for the first time, and they were yeah. so excited to see each yeah. scene because they hadn't seen it before, and right. it it shows not even having been paid. They were so pumped to watch this movie actually start to come to fruition, yeah, and, and you could yeah. tell that uh, they carried that energy with them. Yeah, man, they. You know, I've heard stories of how many projects people are being a part of and they don't finish it, you know, because they're nervous about whatever, you know, maybe it's not to the level they thought it was going to be, you know, but the fact that was kind of like the icing on the cake, that that video that you're talking mm -hmm. about, man, to watch their reaction. It was like, yes, we did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we made a movie <laughs> like. And yeah, that, that was just a beautiful experience. I, I'm more proud of that than I was at the premiere of the movie that, cause I was so nervous about the premiere, but the fact that the cast was just so excited to get it done. I was just like, man, like that, that's, that's just, this is feeling that I need, you know, like everybody's a part of it. Everybody's proud. Everybody's eager to see the final product. You know, what, what else can you ask for, man? It's, it's a beautiful thing. The whole process was just amazing, man. Now, I didn't intend for this episode to come out in favor. We tried scheduling this back a while back. But right. it honestly, I just realized we're in Black History Month. You uh -huh. are an African-American. You have, you, 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 whether or not you see yourself as a role model, you have done something that is absolutely amazing. You have made a project here. You have come up with this amazing movie that is looks absolutely just stellar. You know, how does it feel to know that you are, whether intended to or not, a role model for the younger generations? You have set a bar. How does that make you feel? Um. I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, honestly, man, I didn't. I was just, I'm an artist, man. I'm, I'm creative. I, I want to create. I want to do stuff. Um, and then if that inspires other people, you know, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm proud of that. You know, it's, what, it's amazing. What would you say to another generation? What would you say to the, the younger kids, you know, who are looking at doing the same thing you do? What kind of advice would you give them? Man, just be true to yourself, man. Don't try to emulate other people. You know, because it's, it's kind of hard with social media. Everybody's trying to mimic or trying to portray this, this perfect picture. And, like, I'm not about that, man. I want to be authentic. I want to tell my, my truth. And I want to tell my type of stories. And I want to I do it the way I want to do it. So that would be my advice, man. Tr be true to yourself and be authentic and tell the stories. Create the art, you know to the best of your ability and make it true to yourself because that's that's what's going to sustain you you know not not trying to live it not trying to live up to 
you know, what other people are doing, you know. That's Speaking awesome. of uh, being an inspiration, uh, can you tell us about your kicking it with the Kahim series? Because you're obviously a very uh, positive and driven individual. Is that what led you to do that? Yeah, <laughs> I need an outlet sometimes, you know. Um, <laughs> and I know, and I know, like being being a creative is hard, bro. Because I feel like everybody has their phone. You know, everybody is telling stories now. Every, everything's so digital, so. Sometimes you get discouraged, man. You feel like oversaturated. You you feel overseen. You feel like your stories or whatever you're trying to do is not living up or not reaching the people that you want. So kicking it with Kahim is for me, you know, to encourage people, but it's also the stuff I look at. It's weird when I'm feeling discouraged. You know, I think about, remember you said, bro, you can't. You know, you can't tell other people not to keep going. If you not keep going, if you don't keep going, you know what I'm saying? You can't tell other people how to be patient if you're not being patient, like that type of stuff. So I use it as a record, you know, to keep myself on track and just, you know, encourage people, man, because I feel like I need that encouragement. Other people need that encouragement. And and not to say that I'm always positive. Like I got kids, bro. I got twins. Like, <laughs> you got six. twins too? Yeah. I oh, got you poor six. guys. <laughs> you got twins, man? Oh yeah. I do. Mine are three. I, mine are three. Oh, years. I have three kids. That's it. Like I have an 11 year old and I have twin toddlers. So I'm getting yeah. puberty and then I've got, you know. So you know how it is, man. Oh my God. So I can't, yes. you can't say that I'm not always positive, bro. I'm not trying to paint this picture. Like I'm always positive. Like, I curse, you know, I do, I, you know, I go off sometimes, you know, I get discouraged sometimes, I get sidetracked sometimes, I'll be, you know, sometimes I just don't even feel like doing nothing, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I felt like this is my calling. So I always keep coming back, even if I don't do everything I wanted to do in a day, if I do something, if I keep working, you know, that feeds me, you know, and sometimes the discouragement come. But it's like, all right, you're going to be discouraged and you're going to quit or you're going to be discouraged and just keep working through it, keep getting it done. So that's kind of what kicking up Kahim is. And hopefully I could build a community around people that's, that feels that way, but can work through it and come out on the other side, you know, and, you know, bite down, you know, and, and stay motivated and get, get, it, get it done. Awesome. Um, so I, honestly, I think this is an amazing place to kind of wrap this up, but I want to know where can the good people out in Nerd Nation find your movie, Mr. Franklin? Uh, so Mr. Franklin is on Amazon Prime and it's on Tubi. Um, I went through Film Hub. So if anybody is trying to put a film out, you know, you can go through Film Hub. It's completely free. I'm giving y'all a gem, <laughs> you know, it's complete, completely free and different platforms come and take your project and put it on that platform. And um, I'm not, I don't get paid by to, uh, Film Hub. This is not like a promotional thing, <laughs> but you know, I, it's been really helpful because it's on Amazon Prime, it's on Tubi, but it's also going to other platforms like Plex TV and all these other places that, you know, I'm not too familiar with, but that, that was, that's been a way for me to get my film out and I didn't have to pay an aggregator like a thousand dollars or some astronomical number to get it on these platforms and i've just been promoting it and you know doing it myself 
but Mr. Franklin is on Amazon Prime and it's on Tubi. On Prime, you can rent it and buy it. On Tubi, it's free. You know, free to watch if you do have the app. Um, we do get paid, I think, per AdSense or something like that. Something, you know, but yeah, that's where you can find it, man. That's awesome. And where can the good people at Nerd Nation find you if they want to follow you for more of your future endeavors? Um, I'm on Instagram at Kahim the Creator with a K. So that's Kahim the Creator. The Creator is with a K. Um, Lightroom Studios on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And awesome. on TikTok as well. TikTok. How are you liking the TikTok? I, I'm 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 trying. I'm struggling here. <laughs> yeah, TikTok is okay. Uh, I just I'm fairly new to it. My my thing has been Facebook and Instagram. Um, but I'm looking to you know promote and build and you know reach more people. Especially when I since I dropped Mr. Franklin, I kind of want to get it out there. So Absolutely. TikTok has been a good way for me to do that. That's awesome. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like us and follow at DNA Pod or on Twitter at NerdDNAPod or on our webpage, NerdDNAPod.com. I'm Steve, your humble and very much screwing up host tonight. I cannot, dude, so many takes. You guys won't hear them, but there were so many takes. But I have been joined by the wonderful, the adorable, the impeccable, and the very humbling kevin bobbins as well as light rich studios mr sturgis sir thank you so much for being on the show tonight thank you for dealing with all of my stumblings at the end of this no man it was a good time bro uh, i'd love to come back honestly man we can Absolutely. Talk about some stuff, bro. i do that i do i talk about films yes yes when when ant-man uh quantumania definitely like people get to see it for a little bit because i hate doing spoilers oh my god i hate doing spoilers definitely have to bring you back on the show to talk about it because you went and saw it already and i am legitimately jealous how did you wait no 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 no. we're not wrapping up just yet how did you see it with that many kids like how so, how <laughs> it's weird man because um my kids didn't go to school friday they had like a teacher work day or something so school was out friday so we my wife she works outside of the house but she gets off at 11 on Friday. So we went at 11.30, 11.30 in the morning showing. It wasn't that many people. It was still kind of packed, but my kids, we bought them some food, the popcorn, the pizza, the chicken uh, fingers, the fries, and they ate for most of the film. But then we kind of, you know, worked them in like, okay, we tried to entertain them with some, some more snacks while we was watching the film. But uh, it was it was kind of testy, man. I need to go see it again so I can watch it undisturbed. But I did get the movie. I watched it all the way through, and it was it was an amazing film. Uh, but, uh, what theater do you go to that serves chicken fingers? Uh, we go to uh, uh, Star Cinema Grill. Like we go to like a grill movie type situation, so you can sit. They serve you food, you know, things like that. Oh, uh, where you at now? Where you at? Steve? Oh, I'm in Southington, Connecticut. Like we yeah, have we theaters do. with food, Steve. I'll take you to the movies. We'll go see something. We'll go see. I want no, but I want chicken food. We'll get chicken and nachos. It'll be great. Oh. Chicken nachos, man. I had chicken not well. Star Cinema Grill. They had chicken nachos, man. I eat them every time. I love chicken nachos. <laughs> it's it's yeah, one of my favorites. <laughs>
Sir, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for that last minute little tangent with us. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, thank you and good night. Yes, sir.